Welcome to another episode of our podcast, The Grief Brief. We're Dallas and Sam, and both of our moms are dead. Grief is a weird and complicated emotion, and there aren't that many spaces to talk honestly about it, so we decided to make a podcast. In this episode, we will talk to our friend Brandon about experiencing the death of a friend. We are here to laugh with you, cry with you, and listen to you as we all try to navigate life while experiencing grief. So today we're going to talk about the death of a friend. So Sam and I obviously have lost our mothers. We've lost family members, but we don't necessarily have the perspective of the significant loss in our life being the death of a friend. Mm -hmm. So today we have one of my best friends, my man of honor at my wedding, (laughs) Brandon, here to talk to us about his perspective, losing a friend and, you know, the, the grief process. So Brandon, first of all, welcome. Thank you so much for for agreeing to talk to us today. We really appreciate you coming on. Thank you for coming today. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. It is absolutely our pleasure. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your friend? So my friend who passed away was Michelle. We met freshman year of college and our friendship kind of started out just as like friends of our group friends. So we weren't very, very close, but we started going to like nightclubs in the city and we started like raving. So we were always like raver buddies, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Raver buddies. I love that. Yeah. And then we got closer over college and then um, in 2013, it was August. Yeah, it was right after her birthday. She was diagnosed with like a rare childhood cancer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just, I remember like getting a text from her and she was like, I have news for you. Like, make sure you're sitting down. And I was like, oh God. Oh no. And then she told me that she had cancer. And the next time I saw her was actually, we were going to the city to go to a club. And like, it was a bunch of us on the train and like we all just started like like hugging each other and like we were crying and then yeah. the rest of the night we just kind of like forgot about it and like had fun the rest of the night it was weird but like it was it was fun i'm i'm happy that you have that as like kind of a happy memory when like weird. horrible news was being told to you but you have that image to reflect back on of you were with your friends you guys had a beautiful night yeah no some of these memories are like really like ingrained in my mind which mm-hmm. is like I've got I feel like I have a little bit of a memory problem but <laughs> trauma trauma will do that to you Brandon like I can picture like exactly what happened on certain days yep yeah um, I so definitely relate to that I, I know Dallas relates to that too. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so she was um she was diagnosed in 2013 and then she passed away in 2016 um yeah. so yeah she fought for three years there was twice where they thought that she beat it and then she went back for her scans a couple months after and it came back. And then the second time it came back, it came back stronger. Mm. And that was for about a year. And then eventually it just like, you know, spread everywhere. And mm-hmm. that was that. So what was that, um, your relationship like as she was like fighting this? How did, how was that, um, or what did that look like? How did your relationship look like with her? Um, did it change at all? It changed in a way that like we were close before but then after like I don't want to say like we got closer because she had cancer but it just made it more like so you, could, you could say that that's okay yeah. yeah it's a judgment-free zone so you can say whatever you I feel myself yeah. like going into therapy mode and I need to pull out of that 
<laughs> Sorry. Um, I got my tea. I'm ready. <laughs> um, it just became more like there were no limits about what to talk about. Like she would talk, we would talk about her like having like issues because she was sick. And it's just like things that are like, usually like might be TMI, but you're talking about it and it's okay because it's like mm-hmm. natural. Um, and I don't know, I just felt like I was valuing my time with her more. I mean, the doctors and everyone kept saying, yeah, like there's a good chance that we could beat this, but I don't know, somewhere in the back of my mind, I was always like, okay, this is a rare cancer. And like, I don't know, I'm usually kind of like, I try to be optimistic about things, but I feel like in the back of my mind, I'm kind of pessimistic. So yeah, I mean, I think it definitely brought us closer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, so I that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. What was that like? Like, going into that thinking you know the doctors say that they're optimistic about this or that she can beat this but then in the back of your mind kind of being like okay but this is like a really rare disease like what what did that feel like for you like what kind of feelings came up with that it was like it was a roller coaster for for years yeah like especially because she you know quote unquote beat it and like everyone was happy and celebrating and you know we were I just remember like going out and celebrating like her being cancer free. Mm-hmm. And then it, a few months later, like it comes back and it's just like a lot to, I don't know. It's like a lot to deal with in three years. Like, I mean, some people go through cancer over like a decade and right, right. And I feel like it might give people time to process what's going on, but mm-hmm. in three years, it's like up and down really fast. Yeah. And her being so young. Yeah. She was 24 when she passed. Oh my God. Oh, I have the yeah. chills. Yeah. Yeah. That's awful. Brandon, is this the first significant death that you've experienced? Yeah, actually it was. I hadn't even experienced death in the family or wow. grandparent. So yeah, this was, it was very new to me. So what was that like? I, cause I mean, obviously, I mean, my first experience death, but I was like four, but it was my grandma and she was like older. So, so I didn't really yeah. like, it was just kind of like a thing that happened. Um, so what would, I'm very curious, what was that like experiencing death for the first time and having that death be of a, somebody who was so young? Yeah, it was, it was weird. Like I didn't, I had never experienced death, so I didn't really understand like everyone, okay, everyone dies, but like when it actually happens, like it feels very weird. Like Mm -hmm. I just remember I had gone to the hospital to see her for two days in a row right before she died and she was in the ICU. No, hospice, yeah. Hospice, yeah. <laughs> I'm familiar. <laughs> um, she was in hospice for like two days. And mm. I went to go see her and it was like 4 a.m. of the morning after I saw her. I got a text from her friend and said that she passed away. And mm. I just like, I woke up that morning and like, I obviously couldn't go back to sleep. But like, I just started like uncontrollably like bawling my eyes out. and. Right. Mm-hmm. And then Dallas, you were there. Um, yeah. It was like 6.30 in the morning and it was just a very weird feeling. I was like, I just felt very like out of, like I couldn't do anything. Yeah. Like, I remember, I think you texted me and I, I think I had just like woken up randomly or something like that. And I saw the text from you saying that she had passed away. Um, and like, I just jumped right out of bed and I ran into your room cause I didn't know what else to do. Uh, yeah, I just remember you coming to sit on the bed and I was like, can you just sit here for a second? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's great that you had like friends there for you. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. no, that really like, obviously being in law school is stressful, but I think the whole, like having roommates and being in law school really like distracted it. 
Mm-hmm. Even though I remember, I think I took like a few days off school. Might have it might have been a week actually. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember that morning. Like I after I got out of my bedroom, like Dallas, you and I started doing yoga. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Dallas, <laughs> like Dallas doing chakra. yoga. What <laughs> of our like root chakra things? Oh my <laughs> God. It, was a, it was a weird. It was a really weird one. <laughs> morning <laughs> i remember that because we were like what's a root chakra <laughs> like what are you talking about and then we found out it was like something with your butt or something yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> really i would have thought your feet <laughs> no it was so weird we did like some sort of weird chakra one and i was like whoa this is so strange i don't know what any of this means <laughs> Interesting. It was, uh, yeah, it was but it was a good laugh. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, it's isn't it funny how sometimes like the universe kind of just brings you to where you need to be when when you're going through something so freaking crazy, and, yeah. and you have the right people with you. Yeah. And like I didn't really know how to feel because like obviously mm-hmm. she just passed away. I was really like down, but at the same time like I had never experienced it before, so I wasn't sure like is it like should I be laughing right now or like... <laughs> right right, but yeah. you bring up a great point because I think a lot of people can relate to that, especially going through grief for the first time, experiencing a a very extreme loss of like am I allowed to laugh? am I allowed to feel anything other than like depressed right now yeah yeah, yeah. I remember uh the funeral service at the at the church for my mom the the pastor sounded like Arnold Schwarzenegger and I could not stop laughing the entire time I couldn't stop laughing and I was doubled over shaking because I was laughing so hard um (laughs) and I think everybody thought I was crying because that's an appropriate response right or at least so people think so people like patting me on the back and like rubbing my back and stuff but I could not stop laughing and I remember going after to one of my really, really close family friends. And he was like, are you okay? Like, you looked like you were really, really like torn up at the, at the service. And I was like, I was like, I couldn't stop laughing. Like the guy sounded like Arnold Schwarzenegger. It was making me laugh. I couldn't stop <laughs> laughing. Every time he would talk, I would, I couldn't stop laughing. And I was like, I remember telling him like, I don't, I don't really know what to do right now, but I, I couldn't stop laughing. And I feel like a dick for laughing. And he would, he just kind of said to me like, feel whatever you need to feel. Don't, don't worry about, you know, yeah. whatever people think, just feel whatever you need to feel. And I think that that was like the most helpful for me to kind of alleviate that guilt because it's hard not to feel guilty when you're laughing after somebody died. It's like somebody just died. This is like a really hard and traumatic thing, but I'm here laughing, living my best life, doing yoga, doing something with my chakras. And I don't don't know what's happening, but I'm laughing. So yeah, I think you bring up like a really good, like really good point. Like that is, you know, what is the appropriate way to feel after or the appropriate emotion to feel after, after somebody dies? Nobody knows. Right. And I guess it's the appropriate feeling is whatever you're feeling. Yeah, exactly. That's good. That was good. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) So what is, if, if you have learned anything about yourself in this process, what, what is something that you learned about yourself uh, while you've been experiencing grief and, and been going along this process? kind of a big question but yeah it's it's a th- it's a bit of a thinker <laughs> I mean, yes I yeah. think it's 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 weird to say but like I think it's kind of I guess prepared me how to feel in the future like 
I don't think any death can like compare to any other death. Like if I were to lose someone, I can't say, okay, well, I lost Michelle, so I know how this is going to feel. Mm-hmm. But I think it's definitely like made me grown and I've, I'm, I feel a little more prepared for life or, you know, death, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I guess that's how it's changed me. They do typically go hand in hand, life and death. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that was a really good kind of thing to reflect on of the loss of your friend will, will, will never be the same as any other experience that you have with grief experiencing that loss will never compare to anything else. And I think that's something that we've mentioned before, Dallas, like the loss of my mom was not the same as the loss of your mom, where like our grandparents weren't the same and and our future loved ones to to go is it it won't be the same. So that's something to kind of remember and reflect on for other people too, to kind of just keep in mind too, because people can be judgmental about grief and yeah. Like you haven't moved on yet. Like, why are you still upset? What? Get over it. It's time to move on. And people don't understand because you have your own experience, and and they don't. Yeah. And as I'm getting older, I think the hardest part is just realizing that like I'm not going to be able to experience certain things with a friend that I would be like I got engaged this summer. Like she could have been like we had 15 of our friends there. Like she could have been. Mm-hmm. um we're getting married next year like she's not gonna be at the wedding mm-hmm. like it's just like little things like oh we you know we would have had kids eventually together with our own partners mm-hmm. and like you know the kids would have been friends and it's just like things like that like you expect to get older with someone I mean not to say that you know every friendship is gonna last for the rest of your life but you know I, like I really think it I is, thought yeah. that was yeah. you know, a friendship that would have lasted for a lifetime but yeah right well, you know what it, it lasted her lifetime right yeah it's true yeah nice how has how is that that experience of losing michelle and experiencing her death and grieving her and stuff has that impacted your current friendships or any friendships that you kind of really developed after she had passed away um i think i've appreciated the time i've had with people more i mean especially now with covid like dallas i haven't seen you in what like i've seen you once this year (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's been a while I've been living with you for two years and like I saw you once this year yeah so like I I feel like I've appreciated my time with people more I also feel like I might have I think more in the beginning now I've, enough time has passed that like I haven't felt this in a while but like in the beginning I felt a little paranoid like okay who else is gonna get sick or who else which other right. friends are gonna pass away yeah. yeah who else am I gonna lose yeah wow. so That's yeah heavy yeah yeah that's a lot to kind of sit with yeah well I think also it's because that was the first death I experienced yeah yeah I was 25 so Mm -hmm. I didn't really know how to process it yeah and then a world pandemic hits and you're like (laughs) fuck yeah (laughs) it makes me feel a little guilty about being really high risk for breast cancer I'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) if it makes you feel any better I do want to get my tits chopped off Wow, way to go straight for it. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I'm pretty sure I texted you about that once. I was like, yeah, maybe you should get that done. <laughs> yeah, I I know. I remember like telling you what the what the doctor said to me and he was I remember saying like, yeah, he said that most people in my situation with the likelihood of getting cancer that I have would just opt to get them cut off and I remember you saying like, well, maybe you should just get them cut off then. 
Mama's getting new titties. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I remember thinking at the time, I was like, why is he telling me what I need to do with my titties? Um, but like now talking to, like, I, I understand the perspective that you're coming from. I think I would do the same thing. And I think that um, most of the reason why I'm, I, I am kind of leaning toward opting to get them just cut off is because I you keep saying cut off. I sorry. I don't like I, getting I don't, this awful I, vision. Like augmented or some kind of proper word. It's okay. Okay. All right. I'll put it in the medical term. <laughs> I went to a breast surgeon. My chances of getting breast cancer are super high because my mom was diagnosed at 31. She died at 45 of breast cancer and like 75 other women in my family have had breast cancer. So I have a really, I'm at a really high risk. The doctor told me my best chance of not getting breast cancer is to get a double mastectomy, a preventative double mastectomy, and then possibly getting reconstructive surgery after that. So when I say I'm getting them cut off, that is what I mean. <laughs> I mean, I'm getting potentially a double mastectomy, possibly also with reconstructive surgery. We'll see how I'm feeling. Um, Dude, I've get never, it all done in one shot. What do you I've mean? I've never been flat chested in my entire life. I might want to just you try want it to out. <laughs> I Ooh. might try it out. <laughs> okay, no judgment. There's just so much happening here. I might just want to like live life on the other side for a couple months. <laughs> all right, back to Brandon. Yes, well, yes. <laughs> back to back to topic. So, in your experience with grief, what do you think has been the most like helpful or the most meaning meaningful thing that someone has done or said to you while you've been grieving? Probably, I mean, it sounds really simple, but probably just like it's okay, like mm-hmm. it's okay to like it's okay to cry, it's okay to like feel yeah. whatever you're feeling, and there's like just because time has gone by, it doesn't mean like you have to forget. It's like you know, I don't have to be depressed every day, but you know, mm-hmm. grief. I don't think grief ends it just like like I was very down in the beginning and then as time goes on you know you just you have memories of the person and you know you get happy and you get sad so like it's okay to feel like whatever it is that you're feeling through your grief mm-hmm. yeah and that's something that we talk about a lot is is validation and, and someone telling me that it's okay for me to have an awful day and I think that's very, very important when going through through grief, and especially when it's your first time going through something just awful. I think it's really important to have someone in your life, too, that gives you that validation across the board, not just grief, you know, but yeah. especially in grief. Yeah, I think that's, it's so simple, right? It, it feels like it's something that should be so simple to kind of wrap your head around, but it's such a meaningful thing for somebody to say. And, you know, as as somebody who was told for so long, it's it's not okay. What you're doing is not okay. What you're feeling is not okay. It's so nice to hear you say that that that, that is the best thing that somebody's ever said to you because that that's huge. It's so simple, but it's so important and it's so it could really make a monumental difference for somebody who is really experiencing grief. Also, I think that was pretty validating to you, Dallas, because I know that that's been a huge thing for you throughout your experience in grief is receiving that validation. So it's almost validating to hear it from somebody else of that's what is important to them too. Yeah. I mean, it's so hard to feel like you're not alone in your grief you could be in a room full of a hundred people grieving the exact same person and it's 
grief in itself is just still so isolating because of how different it is with from person to person but I think that's such a universal thing that people just don't really talk about like it's okay it's okay to feel whatever you're feeling because it's so complicated and it's so nuanced and it's so different from person to person so yeah so it's nice to hear somebody else say that the the most like helpful thing that they've heard from somebody else is it's okay all right so do you find that there are any special ways that you honor Michelle or is there anything that kind of like symbolizes her to you I know for for me like I see my mom as a butterfly every time I see a, a butterfly I think of my mom or um, sometimes if I'm sitting outside reading a book with the sun shining, like I feel like my mom's with me. So is there anything specific for you that you kind of like think of her or feel her with you? Yeah. So for me, it's, and I, I'm not sure how it's, it came about, but for me, it was like a rainbow. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if it was some kind of song that might've been or poem that was set at her services or something, but I just remember like for some reason it started off as a rainbow. So I remember about a few weeks after she passed away, I went to Chicago to um, to go to a marathon that my boyfriend was running in. Mm-hmm. And we were taking a picture like somewhere in the city and like some rain, some rainbow light like came into the camera and I was like, oh, it's Michelle. And like, for me, I'm not very spiritual, but it's nice to have that kind of feeling that someone's still with you in yeah, some yeah. form or fashion, whether it's, you know, actually there or like a memory or something. Love that. So I know you said that you're, you're, you're not spiritual. Um, there, there is a book that I read and I'm not sure if I've spoken about it on um, the podcast before, but there's a book I read called Signs, the Secret Language of the Universe. And it was written by um, Laura Lynn Jackson and she's a psychic medium. And I swear to God, this book changed my life and has helped me through grief in so many ways. And what the book is about is, is all of these different stories that people develop these signs and they use these signs to co- communicate with people that have passed away. And rainbows is one of the signs in the book. And other people use rainbows as ways to communicate with people that have passed away. So I hope that validates for you that when you see a rainbow, that that is her. That's really interesting. So it is a thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's not just you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So maybe you should pick up the book and check it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know I, too, I think I had a really hard time with, like, the spirituality of everything at first, and so when my mom died, there were a bunch of ladybugs around our house, and I, I think at first I was, like, kind of holding on to anything that I could think of to make me feel close to her, and then I was, like, thinking about it, and I was, like, okay, but before she died, there were a lot of ladybugs around our house at some point in time, because I remember collecting them and putting them on a friend that I had in childhood who actually had passed away. Um, But I remember him coming to my house. His mom was the realtor who sold us our house. And I remember me and my friend were collecting them around the house and putting them on him because he would get really skeeved out. Um, So I remember there being a lot of ladybugs in my house, but when when she died, there were like a bunch of them. And I went back and forth I think forever on this whole like thing with her being a ladybug um but then it 
it got to a point where I just kind of let it happen and I was like comforted by it and I was like oh ladybug oh hi mom like how you doing what's going on what's new and I guess like making light of the situation as best as I could and the the way for me to make light about it light of it was to make not jokes but just kind of play along just treat it like it's (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. somebody telling you that they really believe this is happening and you're just like oh okay hi I know and the (laughs) the thing with that is the more that you kind of accept it yeah of course you're naturally going to look for it more but it's going to mean more to you and it's going to feel better when you see these signs and you're going to feel good regardless of if it's real or not it's all about how that makes you feel So this past weekend, I was down in Cape May. So first weekend of November, I saw four butterflies in one day. What are the odds of seeing butterflies on the beach in November? Like, So to me, that was like, all right, I know my mom's with me today. So it's those kind of things that, sure, it's it's just a butterfly flying around. But to me, that was, that it it felt amazing. So if if it feels good, go ahead. (laughs) No, I was just going to say, and something that um, Dallas had said, I mean, rainbows have been, had been around before Michelle passed, but like, it means something now. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird, but like, sometimes like, and in the beginning, like, I would be driving and I would see like a rainbow, like a shine of light flash across a speed sign. Oh. And I'm just like, okay, maybe she's telling me to slow down. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, maybe. Like, sorry, I'm sorry. (laughs) It's like stupid things like that, but it's yeah. still like it means something. So yeah. Yeah. why let it why let it go? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't seen a bunch of ladybugs since she died. I think that's where I kind of kind of faded out of that whole ladybug thing because I just haven't I haven't really seen them. But but I I do do the thing with the butterflies, Sam, and the dragonflies. I live near Prospect Park and on the fourth of July Um, Josh and I went to Prospect Park and we had a little picnic and we invited a friend of mine that lives in Brooklyn and we all social socially distantly hung out if you will (laughs) (laughs) we hung out in the in the park and there were just like a bunch of dragonflies all over the place and I was like oh my god it's Anne Joan so yeah like I I get that I I it does make it a little bit more it's it's comforting to attach meaning to it and be yeah. like, this is, you know, you can believe in coincidence all you want, but this is something that really means something to me. And I, I believe that, you know, if a butterfly comes across my path, it's probably so-and-so. And I was actually walking, don't remember where I was walking, but I was walking from somewhere and there was this butterfly that was like hopping from house to house. It was following me. It was like going from bush to bush <laughs> down the block after me. And I was like, Hey, Vivian, how you doing? <laughs> or Pop-Up. I don't know which one you are. Everyone's a butterfly in our family. I know. I think my favorite memory ever of somebody like, of like this kind of symbolism behind butterflies and, and stuff like that is, I think I was driving with your mother and my mom and my mom was driving and your mom was in the front seat and I was in the back seat and a butterfly splattered on the windshield. Like we were Good. all like the turn. Right. 
we were amazing. On the, <laughs> we were on like the turnpike or something, some broke like a highway, and a butterfly <laughs> splattered on the windshield. And your mom, dead ass, looks at my mom and goes, Oh my god, you just killed Pop Pop. Traumatizing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Oh, no. No. <laughs> I think that's, like, my favorite. That's my favorite, like, butterfly memory oh. I think I ever, I have ever. And I talk, I bring it up to my dad all the time. But I don't know, I just, I love that memory so much. Interesting uh, memory you keep in mind. <laughs> it's that and the time that your mom commented on my picture on Facebook. Because I, like, I, my caption was something about, like, it was, lyrics to that turn my swag on song by like soldier boy and she was like she commented on it saying like good job keeping your swag on (laughs) as soon as she went on permanent she was all over facebook she was was commenting on everyone's pictures (laughs) and facebook statuses and you know back in like 2010 2011 like you were posting some reckless shit on facebook i was i was (laughs) i was i was too (laughs) <laughs> my facebook memories are hilarious like oh my god i delete it. them every day <laughs> uh, anyway but, anyway okay so we'll go we'll move on to the yeah. last question perhaps the most important question i guess for listener purposes so what helps you cope with your grief on the worst days what what kind of self-care do you engage in to really help you on those really bad days I feel like thinking about good memories kind of brings me out of like a down feeling and mm-hmm. kind of brings it up to a happy feeling. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, looking back on memories and, you know, thinking about the good times we had together and that kind of like, that'll be with me forever. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. I would say, you know, turning the, turning the death part of the memory into like all the happy memories. Because the death, you know, the, like, for me, the death was just one part of our relationship. I mean, it's, yeah. it's like, probably the biggest part at the end, obviously, but, yeah. but, you know, we had six, almost six years of friendship, so. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So what is, what is, like, your, your favorite memory of Michelle, if you don't mind my asking? I think when we were in, uh, what was it, uh, Cayman Island. We had gone, I went uh, to the Cayman Islands with her and her family on a vacation um, and one other friend. And we were just, you know, sitting on the beach, just enjoying our time. And this was 2015, I want to say. Yeah, it was 2015. It was a year before she passed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we, we didn't really have, you know, much to care about. We were out on vacation on a Caribbean island for 10 days and you know, nothing else really mattered. And she was just, yeah, she was just really happy. And we were, you know, we didn't really have anything to worry about. That's nice. I'm, I'm really happy that you have that memory or that mm-hmm. like whole vacation worth of memories of her to, to kind of hold on to. That's really, really special. Yeah. Yeah. And I, obviously I didn't know her, but listening to you um, share this memory I like visualized it in my head of uh, just what it was like what it felt like um, so I'm happy that you have that memory oh yeah it helps with the you know the the biggest one of the biggest memories of you know losing someone yeah mm-hmm. so I just thought of another question for you but I just because I obviously I I went to law school also um, with you 
in case. No way. Yeah, in case you did. Obviously. I was there with you. And law school is like a really tough time. And I know that I struggled a lot with my grief in law school and trying to manage the stress of law school with also the stress of coping with grief. So I am curious to hear your perspective on, you know, what, what that was like trying to kind of navigate grief while you were also trying to navigate law school and your you know, that happened our, our second year, which some people consider the most important year of law school, the hardest year of law school. So I would, I would love to hear how Michelle's death shaped your law school year or the rest of your law school experience. No, yeah, like in the, the first, I mean, I didn't want to go back to class at all, like for those oh. first couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, you don't have that luxury in law school. I mean, in college, maybe you can get away with that and you yeah. know, not read the textbook and, you know, go to a class, you know, once a week. But in law school, like you have to read and you have to do all the work. And, you know, my, my professors gave me, you know, some leeway and, you know, I explained, I emailed them and said, you know, my friend passed away. I, I can't come into class today. But after the first, you know, after the first week, you know, you can't keep doing that. And yeah. I, I think, you know, having, you know, you Dallas and having Evan as roommates and having a good support system, it really helped get through law school because, you know, on those days that I just didn't want to do anything, everyone kind of, and it's not like they, you know, it's not like anyone was there, you know, holding my hand, but, you know, just having, Mm -hmm. having friends and family, you know, get through. It's like push you to do stuff. One of the hardest three years of your life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But also I think, like the thing I was dreading the most was just going back to class and like having to see everybody and you know everyone knew that Michelle had passed away because I was posting profusely on Facebook and Instagram yeah and everyone I just remember like the first day going back and everyone's like oh I'm so sorry for your loss and you know if there's anything I can do for you blah 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 just like which is nice but I just after you know losing someone I just don't want to hear you know yeah 50 yeah. people saying oh I'm so sorry for your loss like, it, it loses its yeah. like significance yeah. I know people don't mean bad but it's just yeah like, something yeah, we, I want to face going into school like I just yeah we get it <laughs> we get that yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah just we want to do my work and just leave me yeah. alone yeah you want to yeah. get back to like normal life and you just kind of want to as much as you want to shut down you kind of just want to go at the same time I think it's like yeah. natural instinct to to want to just keep moving and just pretend like it's not a thing that just happened. Like I'm good today. I got out of bed. I'm here. Don't bring it up. Yeah, <laughs> like, fuck off. Yeah. Fuck off. Let's with leave your... it where it is. I'll Shut visit up. it when I go home. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need your condolences. Just let me do what I gotta do it so I can get out of here and cry myself to sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I gotta uh, keep my shit together in class. Wait till you see me when I get home. <laughs> it's not gonna be pretty. <laughs> Yeah, I, sometimes I'm like, man, life really sucked losing my mom when I was in high school. But then I think about it and I mean, it, I'm not saying it didn't suck losing my mom in high school, no matter like what way I think about it, that did really suck. But <laughs> it would have sucked no matter what. <laughs> it would have sucked no matter what. Um, but losing 
like experiencing a, lo- a really significant loss like that in law school, I, I honest to God don't know how I would have coped with it. Just, I mean, this is all also based off of how I coped with my mom's loss, which isn't really fair to me, but also like, yeah. You're right. Law school is, it's a stress on you. At, like you don't need a death on top of law school. Like law school's extremely stressful. Yeah. It's emotionally draining. And on top of that, we're just gonna, you know, kill off one of your friends <laughs> while you're studying for exams. Yeah. You yeah. Go. Congratulations. You made it to the next level. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Yeah. I remember going to the wake with Evan and I remember I literally adopted Tegan that morning and oh God, yeah. I got it because it was my mom's birthday. The wake was my... Was Let's clarify my- that Tegan's a cat. Tegan is a cat. I didn't adopt <laughs> I am not, not at all equipped to handle human children. So I adopted two cats. And Tegan is one of those cats. And I adopted her on my mom's birthday in 2016. Coincidentally, the same day that Michelle's wake was taking place. So I w- drove to, I don't remember where in Connecticut, to pick Tegan up from a PetSmart, drove back home, set her all up, and then got in the car with Evan and drove to, I think, Milford, right? Was yeah. Drove yeah, to Milford. Milford for Michelle's wake on my mom's birthday. <laughs> Not a fun week for us. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I know. I remember sitting in the car with Evan and Evan was like, I, I made a joke about adopting Tegan on my mom's birthday. Um, and I was like, I would adopt a cat who had like a best friend with cat cancer on my mom's birthday. And he was like, it's your mom's birthday. I was like, yeah. And he was like, why are you, why are you, why are you going? Why are you coming? Well, why the heck not? Why are you going? I was like, will I be able to stay long? Probably not. I don't know if I can emotionally handle it. And also, oh, you mean to like the wake? I'm sorry. I yeah. thought you meant to adopt a cat. No, no, no. It's I was like, well, wake. why the heck not? We were going, no, yeah, we were going to the, we were in the car going to the wake. And he was like, why are I'm you sorry. doing this? Uh, if it's your oh, mom's that makes birthday. Sense. I was like, I know how hard this day can be. And I I know he's probably going to need all of this. It's like an all hands on deck sort of situation. As weird as that sounds, I think that I was like kind of moving from my experience, right? Like, I think the thing that kept me sane during the two days and, oh my God, it was like two days for three different four hour sessions of wakes that I had to go through with my mom after my mom died. Mm-hmm. The only thing that really kept me like sane was that my friends kept coming in and my friends were there and they were keeping me distracted, I guess, for lack of a better word. And they were, you know, they were there supporting me. And I think that helped me tremendously for better or for worse. Cause I think I was in denial for a very significant amount of time from when my mom died to when she was buried in the ground. I think it was just like straight up denial for the, for that whole period of time. But it was nice to have that support there. So I was like, I have to go. I don't have, I don't have a choice. Even if he tells me I don't have to show up, I have to be there because that is the memory that I have of feeling supported and okay at that point in time was just like seeing all my friends, even if they stopped by and stood in that line and just literally passed right through and left, just seeing them and knowing that they were there like made a, made a huge difference for me. Yeah, definitely. And I, like, I still to this day, like, 
appreciated seeing everyone like all my friends there because yeah. you know you're at this at this event that's extremely emotionally draining and then you see mm -hmm. a familiar face that you usually accompany with like you know a good memory or like a good time mm -hmm. so it just kind of like broke up the whole emotional journey yeah. I remember being more emotional whenever I saw someone that I like had a really good relationship with or friendship with mm -hmm. whenever I would see them like come in like I'd be like oh my god like it's yeah. so much to me that you're here yeah yeah but it's like positive emotions right like it's it it's like a whirlwind of emotion it's like every single emotion <laughs> at one time I'm like I'm so sad and so happy and so angry and everything <laughs> It's very overwhelming because it's like, I'm happier here, but you being here means it's real. So I'm sad yeah. that it's real, but I'm happier here, but I'm sad that it's real, but I'm really happy and I feel supported and I feel loved, but I'm really sad that it's real. So it's a very overwhelming feeling, but generally speaking, the emotion is generally positive, just knowing that you have all of that support and stuff and that could be like make or break for somebody in their grief in their in the way they process their grief and what what resources or healthy or unhealthy that they turn to after this significant event when they try to process so definitely well i think one of the other resources that really helped was you adopting tegan yeah, she was such a little remember, mush. i remember coming home like from my parents house cuz i stayed <laughs> with them for a few days and I met her for the first time and I walk into the apartment and I just sit down on the floor and she like plops into my lap. Aww. She doesn't know who I am. Like she never, <laughs> I, just, I just started crying like with this cat Aww. in my lap. I was like, okay, this is, this is really helpful. Like I'm really Aww. glad I have you little thing. <laughs> She's such little a little thing. mush. She's just like, she would just like trot around in the apartment and then plop over on her side with her little nub tail <laughs> so she was, she was a good uh, emotional support animal she was a very good emotional support animal she also like i feel like even now she senses when i'm stressed out when i'm in a when i'm in like a heightened state of stress with like work and i'm home she jumps right into my lap and she just sits there and she'll like start purring and um i don't get any work done because she <laughs> demands all of my attention <laughs> But she's super cute. She's a very affectionate cat. And I, I'm happy that she was a source of comfort for you in a really mm. awful time. Yeah. She's great, though. She's so cute. I love it. And would recommend. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for sharing all of that with us. That was a really great conversation to have with somebody who kind of shares yeah. a, the same perspective, but from a different lens. So so we're we're so happy that you were able to record with us today yeah i'm so happy i finally got to be on i feel like a star on some you are a star <laughs> girlfriend don't let anybody don't give us that much credit <laughs> we had a hundred listeners for our first episode so we're pretty popular this is probably the most i talked about it in the past and you know what that's actually something this is the therapist in me coming out again but i'm something that i encourage you to do is because a lot of stuff came up today i really encourage you to like heighten some of that self-care for yourself like over the next few days you might feel a little like maybe a little down a little low mood and that's okay a lot of stuff just came to surface today so allow yourself whatever time you need if you need like a minute to cry today tomorrow whatever let yourself feel what you need to feel and feel give it. yourself what you need feel it all 
good advice. Thank you. Have a hot toddy. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today with our guest, Brandon. Thank mm-hmm. Brandon, thank you again for coming on and, and talking to us today about Michelle and you know your experience with losing Michelle. We hope that this was insightful and validating for people who had also experienced the death of a very close friend. But yeah, that's all we have for you guys today. Thank you for joining us for our conversation with my very good friend, Brandon, about the death of his friend. Be on the lookout for our next episode. And until then, that's the Grief Brief. Brief.